from the Book of Morals and Precepts. The Real Man. Man is divided not only into nations, peoples, tribes, and creeds, but also broadly in twain. There are among all men, all peoples, two kinds of man, the real man and the weakling. Those who are neither wholly one nor wholly the other, nevertheless tend towards the nature of one or the other of these. Consider the real man, the man who reaches out towards God-likeness. He is the man in whom God has succeeded. He is God's elect. He is like unto a spreading tree planted in black soil, which blossoms quietly and doubles the yield of its fruit in the summer. Its fruit is a delight to the mouth and fills the stomach with satisfaction. Beneath the canopy of its foliage, the weary find a pleasant refuge from the heat. In its shade, all men find peace and contentment. The weakling is like a tree whose leaves wither before the heat of the summer sun, whose fruit never reaches maturity, for it falls to the ground unripened and is trampled underfoot. Men avoid it and the axe is laid against its bowl. O real man, filled with the calm of strength, you are the true image of God on earth. Yours is the noble life, and your reward here shall be a body preserved in usefulness. When in the fullness of time you make the great journey westward, then shall your soul arise in the mysterious beyond radiant in a glory indescribable. Behold the uprightness of the real man. Is he not the father of the orphan and the husband of the widow, the brother of the forsaken and the guardian of the fatherless? Do not the friendless find in him a friend and the poor a benefactor? It is not hard to give to the needy within reach or to help the weak when they are at hand, but the real man works not in such narrow confines for he stretches out his hand to those beyond. Watch him among the distressed. He talks with compassion and listens with understanding. See him among the lowly, how he deals with them in patience and kindness. Such men stand out among others, not only because of their own qualities, but because of the respect which others feel bound to record them. Verse 9. A great man is no less great, though he lie prostrated and vanquished in the dust. The real man accepts both victory and defeat for what they really are, a challenge to his manliness. The real man stands apart in greatness because of his outstanding qualities, his love of truth and justice and his hatred of meanness and deceit. Though great men make great events, even as great events call forth great men, they are not always the children of fortune, 
success and acclaim do not always attend their undertakings, but whether they rise or fall is of lesser importance than how they rise and fall. It is not what a man does that makes him great, but what he strives to achieve. The greatest men have no memorial if their endeavors were unpopular or not crowned with success. For every great man with a memorial, there are a thousand unknown and unhonored. The real man remains unperturbed by the whims of life. He does not flinch before misfortune or ease his head when fortune smiles upon him. When misfortune descends upon his head and his hopes and dreams are shattered, he does not go about lamenting in a loud voice, but quietly continues his daily task. If fortune is gracious towards him, he braces himself and is not overwhelmed, for he knows that often it takes a better man to bear the beauty of fortune than to bear the burden of misfortune. The spirit of the real man does not bow before the blows of misfortune. No matter how grievous its afflictions, his calmness deflects its arrows and his fortitude breaks his thrust. The shield of cheerfulness and the sword of courage he never discards in despair. Verse 16 His contentment is not dependent upon the whims of capricious fortune and therefore he is not cast down by her indifference. Like the middle measure, he is unchanging under all stresses, but the weakling, like the balances of the scales, is always moving up and down. The real man stands before adversity as a rock before the raging seas, firm in the midst of turmoil, solid and calm against the fury. His mind forms great designs, and his spirit delights in their execution. His ideas grow up. They are never stillborn, nor do they wither before maturity. The examples of great men shine before him as visions in the night, and their precedents walk with him by day. His high-hearted love of life exalts the spirit within him. He strains at the traces and is impatient for the run. He rises above the rock of opposition and splits it in twain, as does the sapling. He is like a great oak, which rises above the shrubbery in the darkness, and shakes out its branches in the glory above. He has compassion on the blind man. He helps the lame man, and guards the deformed and afflicted against the mockery of weaklings. He carries himself with the dignity becoming a man. He remains unshaken in calamity. Deceit and hypocrisy are things far beneath him. He has an air of quiet confidence and courage to speak the truth. The thoughts of his heart are the words of his mouth. And whatever he promises is as good as done. The real man is he who serves the purpose of God and carries out his plan. Because of him. All men rejoice for what they are, and the weakling he carries as his burden. The crown of glorious manliness is on his head. The mantle of courage is about his shoulders.
he stands out from others in the pride and glory of his manhood. Verse 24. He treasures womanhood and the dreams of men. He is the master of earth and the lord of creation. Nothing more is required of a man on earth than that he be a real man. This is a sufficient objective and difficult enough for any man to achieve. Manhood is a state of freedom, but its stronghold is in the spirit of a man. The body may be held forcibly in bondage, but the spirit cannot be shackled. He who lies imprisoned in the lowest dungeon may be more free than he who walks above with the servile spirit, holding him in thraldom. Servility is the brand of the weakling. Never judge a man according to his estate or circumstances, but accept him as a man according to his state of manliness. He that is manly, hold as a man, even though he be your enemy. But he who is less than a man, hold accordingly, though he be with you. For were your enemy a lesser man, he might proffer a hypocritical friendship and thus destroy you by treachery. It is well never to forget that some friends might be enemies were they better men. Therefore, the measure of a friend's manliness may also be the gauge of his sincerity. A real man does not debase or humiliate the manliness of a defeated foe, for in so doing, he reveals his own baseness. It is well to remember that he who fights against you does so in the light of his own truth, and truth is not the pawn of battles. A real man is hardy, tenacious, and brave. He is gentle with women and hardy with men. He disciplines himself according to the manly code. He is generous and hospitable. He is alert and audacious. Comfort, intemperance, and overindulgence make weaklings. Struggle, adversity, and self-control make real men. A real man is a real man, and no power outside himself can take away his manliness. He is upright and strong with the full measure of respect for himself. He is a man of deeds and not an idler. In manner, he is quiet and discreet. He is prudent in all things, and with all these qualities go generosity, good nature, and reserve. Verse 30, be not a loud mouth bag of wind, for quietness within a man is as a rock, against which the tempest-driven waves of wrath and rage, rashness and haste dash in vain. It is far easier to be a weakling than to be a real man. Were the earth less harsh, or the circumstances of life less austere, man would destroy himself before the shrine of the languid goddess. Only real men can with safety destroy the tangled forests and the wilderness of earth and make from them gardens. But will those who inherit the gardens be real men? The law decrees that they must be, or the wilderness will reclaim its own.
He who would live in a garden must labor in the sun and subdue the soil. He who is content to live in the wilderness may sleep in the shade, but he is a slave of life. The real man stands out above all others. His head is high, his footfall firm, his bearing is dignified, his face calm, his hand steady, his heart tranquil. He sweeps aside all obstacles in his way. He proceeds, though all the dream fiends and powers of darkness seek to bar his way. Where is he? who can gather the real men together and make them rulers of all men that earth may resound with glory and greatness.